and welcome back to my channel. Very, very exciting. It is my first time filming in my brand new studio space. <laughs> I've had quite a bit of trouble just trying to figure out where to go in my house. I love it here. It's got beautiful white walls and peace, but I've just had like struggle figuring out where to sit with the natural light so that my phone doesn't overheat and turn off and where it's not echoey and there's still so many different things and the way my office was laid out before I had my work desk in front of the window for the natural light but then behind me there is a mirror wardrobe so I can't have that in the background like reflecting me filming myself <laughs> but then if you face the wall then the natural light comes in from the side and then if you're in the kitchen there's like all these different things going wrong. So hopefully this is a lot more aesthetically pleasing. I definitely feel a lot more serene being in here and I'm so excited for what the rest of 2023 holds. Today I'm gonna to be chatting 15 common nutrition mistakes. If you're new here, my name is Cassie Amber and I'm a plant-based holistic nutritionist. You can connect with me online at Cassie Amber on Instagram and TikTok as well. If you're listening on the podcast, I share the video version to YouTube or if you're watching on YouTube, you can listen to the audio only on my Unleashed podcast. This is the first video back since the rebranding from Plant Powered to Unleashed because I wanted to expand a little bit more outside of food as well. So this one will be food and nutrition focused, but I've got some very exciting topics coming up that you won't want to miss. So stay tuned and subscribe and let's get into the video. So the first mistake is not substituting the appropriate protein. Common examples of this are mushroom, jackfruit or cauliflower. My partner was doing photography at a fancy corporate ball the other night and he actually got the vegan option and I was like, oh my god, I'm so proud of you. But it was just cauliflower. <laughs> so I felt really bad because he went out of his way to like do a good deed kind of thing because he's not fully vegan. He just like he wasn't plant-based before but that's all I wished for was just someone that was open to this way of eating and they don't have to be super strict or super rigid but they've got to at least like my food and enjoy like this kind of lifestyle. And yeah, I felt a little bit bad for him because they just served cauliflower. And I find that quite a lot at restaurants or cafes. They will give you the dietary requirement, yeah, no animal products, but they don't actually meet humans' nutritional requirements. Protein. <laughs> you can't just eat veggies. And I've had it so many times, like even so many common meals as well, like avocado toast, like it would have a tiny amount, but it doesn't provide uh, adequate source if you are focused on physique goals. And being plant-based, you do have to actually put time and energy into planning out your meals and focusing on it because we're not getting it the same as meat eaters. So same thing with jackfruit. It's often used as a pulled pork alternative, say in tacos, but it's a fruit, it's not a meat. So yes, it will be nice here and there, but you need to have something else on the side if you're trying to meet your daily requirements. Or even, I say to people, even if you don't meet it at dinner, so say you just want to have jackfruit tacos for dinner, you can make a protein mousse for dessert, so or a protein custard kind of thing with fruit, so that you're at least getting like a decent chunk straight after dinner. And mushrooms as well, so that's another thing that people often use as a meat alternative. You can get like mushroom burger patties or put it into things like mushroom sausage rolls. And yes, it's still nice to have every now and again. It's great for, I make this beautiful mushroom sausage roll, which is an absolute hit at Christmas with people who love meat as well. 
But for everyday life, like it's still a vegetable, it's not going to provide you with the protein that you need. Number two is eating too many processed health foods and cookies. So say protein bars and all those kinds of things. If you're in tune with your body, you can start to feel it over time. So I went through a stage where I got addicted to Len and Larry's cookies and they also did a weird thing where they would show like on the label, the amounts were for two serves because one cookie they wanted to say two serves because it was so high in calories but then also on the front label where it said the amount of protein that was for the whole cookie so they were like contradicting themselves with like marketing labels as well but you can kind of feel like when you eat those things too often you start to feel like the oil in your stomach and you just don't really digest things very well and you just feel like a bit gross if you go a little bit overboard and i see so many people posting low-cal options online like this crappy, it really gets to me, this crappy hot chocolate that's got nothing in it. It's just like artificial sweeteners and like just nothing ingredients, just processed crap to make it low calorie. But what would be better is actually having like a proper cacao hot chocolate with a tiny amount of coconut sugar or raw sugar or something or even sweetener but at least it would actually have some kind of nutritional benefit like low calorie isn't always the best thing in the world and low calorie doesn't equal health number three is eating too much meat for protein <laughs> my study is focused on the blue zones which are the places around the world where people live to 100 years and older with the least amount of degenerative disease so this means diabetes heart disease obesity and cancer so there's been massive studies done on these areas and not all of them are necessarily vegan but they do limit their intake of animal products and there's other things that go into their health as well like they have a great community aspect to their lifestyles they're all active into old age they don't necessarily go to the gym but they live on rocky terrain they're out there doing the gardening and it's just the whole lifestyle so it's not just food but when they do have meat say one of the i think it's in okinawa's they indulge in pork here and there it'll just be for someone's birthday or a celebration or a special occasion or if they add meat to the dish it's just like the flavoring with a whole lot of vegetables and whole grains as well but in the Western world, we have like a massive slab of steak and then like the veggies and carbs are at the side, if that makes sense. And we've become so accustomed to having it three times a day, like bacon and eggs for breakfast and then a chicken salad for lunch and then spaghetti bolognese for dinner. But we don't actually need to rely on meat as often as we're taught, I guess, for protein. So if you aren't vegan or plant-based, you can just start making little swaps, like maybe just try a meal with tofu every, every now and again, like maybe in a soup or maybe in a stir fry. I always like doing mine in the air fryer so it's nice and crispy as well. And even if you wanna make like a bacon bagel like I did in the weekend for my plant-powered recipe app, you can try maybe a veggie bacon and just see and just start like making these little swaps. I use the Sunfed brand, which is the cleanest kind of veggie bacon there is. I've got other videos I've done in the past on how to choose the right mock meats and I post about that stuff quite often on my Instagram with what brands I'm choosing and if things are a treat thing that should be safe for an every now and again kind of item or if it's something that you can actually eat every week because it does provide your body with quality nutrients. So it's just about making those little swaps and learning that protein does come in other ways as well. Even like beans and legumes, adding a can of lentils to your stir fry or switching your noodles or pasta to edamame fettuccine, that is a hack that will honestly change your life. That's what really helped me during comp prep with some of, some of my dinner meals as well. 
very high in protein. <laughs> I just wanted to stop for a quick little ad break to show you one of my brand new favorite pantry items. I've just partnered with Pimp My Salad for a limited time and I've been using them for probably over a year now. I used to work in a health store that stocked them and they do heaps of things that just take your meals to the next level if you're cooking vegan or if you're trying to make your food look really beautiful once it's plated, if you're doing food photography or just things to add that extra bit of specialness to your meal. So one of my favorite things is the seaweed superfood and that's got kelp in it which is really good for iodine. They also do a hemp and cashew Parmesan, so it's similar to nutritional yeast, but I always just like to sprinkle it on top of my meals just for added color and flavor And that's great for if you can't have dairy. The coconut bacon is probably my favorite When I moved to Yapoon a while ago I actually got given a mini pet pig and this girl got this pig for her boyfriend, but the old dog didn't like it so we just got this pig dropped off and he was like a couple of months old. He already knew how to sit for his food. We used to take him to the beach and I never, I'd never really interacted with a pig before. And it, like at that moment I knew that what I was doing with my diet and lifestyle was right and really in alignment with my soul. And it just makes me feel good when I plate up my food. But coconut bacon, it gives the same kind of flavor with the smokiness and a bit of added crunch and it also makes your meals look really beautiful as well. So it just makes you feel really good when you sit down for a meal that it's all made from plants. And then the last thing was croutons. Honestly, they've been a game changer for Caesar salad, added on top of soups, just to jazz up anything that you want to add some crunch and a bit of extra carbs and flavor. And they're all there ready to go. And they're also gluten free as well. So I do have a discount code Cassie25, which as I said, it's only for a set period of time. If you'd like to do some online shopping, they also make really great gifts as well. I always like making people little self-care packages with specialty food ingredients that they may not buy for themselves. So either treat yourself or treat a loved one. And don't forget to tag me online if you make some meals using those products. Back to the video. Number four is being scared of all soy. Soy is not bad. Everyone thinks it gives you man boobs. Everyone thinks it gives you cancer. It's actually quite the opposite. And when you look into it, there were studies brought out in the past by the dairy industry against soy. So why do you think that is? Because soy is a direct threat to the milk companies. <laughs> so soy is actually quite cancer protective and it contains phytoestrogens which have estrogenic activity and anti-estrogenic activity. So it kind of balances each other out and it has much weaker effects than the actual estrogen in cow's milk. So that's what people always get wrong. These men will be arguing online like, oh, soy milk has estrogen, it's gonna make you girly. What about the estrogen in cow's milk from a large mammal? <laughs> it's really ridiculous. So no need to be scared of it as long as you're eating it in normal amounts, having like a soy coffee or pouring some of your cereal or having a bit in your smoothie, it's not gonna be the end of the world unless your specific healthcare advisor has told you not to have it maybe for thyroid issues or something. But for general people, it is okay to enjoy. Number five is eating toast or cereal for breakfast. I am actually guilty of this today because I need to go to the grocery store. But why I'm against this is because it doesn't actually fuel you. So if you have toast with some peanut butter or marmite or honey, it's just a quick acting carb. It's gonna go straight through you. It doesn't really provide you with nutrients. It doesn't really 
provide you with much energy because it's just a carb it's just going to make you feel like it might give you a, a bit of a rush but then a massive drop in energy which can lead to more caffeine and sugar cravings and same thing with cereal they're often quite loaded with sugar as well and they just don't keep you feeling full for very long that's what I find so you can do some things to make it better so say if you're just having toast maybe add peanut butter and banana and a tiny sprinkle of chia seeds just so it's got something a bit more to digest with and that will also help with your like not feeling so gluggy and bogged down as well and with cereal like you can add some fruit to it or use a protein shake as the milk but I just say like just choose other things for breakfast just to help give you like the actual fuel you need to start your morning on the right foot. Number six is always being on the new diet. The best thing you can do is be consistent and I always tell people you should be able to do your diet forever. So it should make you feel free, like you can have anything at any time, like you can honor your cravings. That's also why I like a 90 or 95% plant-based approach because say if you do have major cravings for a food then you can look into things and you can look at supplementation first or think about why you're having those cravings but it just allows for that little bit more flexibility to be intuitive if that is something that aligns with you but you can still do that within a vegan diet as well usually people think like oh well don't you miss meat blah 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 but you actually go off it and I was talking to my friend in the weekend we went on this lovely hike and when she went vegan she said she would hate going over to her mum's house because there would be like a roast cookie in the oven and it stinks up the whole house but when you eat meat you're like mmm a roast or same as me like when I was young I'd go past like bunnings and be like oh my god a sausage sizzle and now when I see those things, I'm like, oh, a sausage sizzle and like try to hold my breath around inside. And it's because we build up gut bacteria to digest what we're already eating and to adapt to our current diet. So what we already eat we'll think is nice, but once you start to eat more vegetables and go more plant-based or just become more healthy in general, then the things we crave actually change over time as well. So you don't need to always be on the new diet or the latest fad. It really does come back down to basics and just nailing those and being consistent. Number seven is not investigating bloating and digestive issues, which could be food intolerances. The two main culprits are gluten and dairy. Dairy is one because after infancy we lose the ability to digest lactose because we're not breastfeeding from our mom. So why do we need to drink milk for someone that is like designed for someone else's baby, a large mammal? We don't. So 70% of the world are lactose intolerant and it can yeah, like wreak havoc on our skin, our digestive system make us bloated or just cause bathroom issues so many other things deplete the calcium from our body and with gluten that does come down to quality of food as well so I see so many videos online where people are like oh I've just been in Europe or Italy and I've been eating croissants every morning and pizza and pasta full gluten and they have not gotten a sore stomach so that is definitely a thing it's the quality of the ingredients that they're using and the processing of it and same thing as like with sourdough because it's fermented even though you're not eating a gluten-free item the fermentation process helps your body digest it a lot easier so if you do suffer from bloating or digestive issues that is literally the whole reason I went plant-based and then became a nutritionist because 
I cured all my own issues when the hospitals couldn't help me, the doctors couldn't help me. They never asked any questions about my life. So I literally fixed myself by diving into issues and making adjustments and now I feel great every single day for the last six years. But it is not normal, you don't have to put up with it and there is a light at the end of the tunnel if you're willing to work through it and look into things. Number eight is weighing yourself constantly instead of focusing on how you feel. During comp prep, this is kind of hard as well because that is how they judge your weight loss and that was a really interesting process for me because I could see what my clients could be going through. I've always been someone who's been very intuitive. I base myself on the mirror, like what I see. How does my physique look? Uh, do I look like I'm growing or getting smaller? How do I feel? Do I feel stronger or weaker? There's so many other factors that I look into that I've only ever weighed myself a few times a year if I just happen to pass by a scale and think, oh, I wonder what I weigh. So weighing yourself regularly can cause havoc because you're so focused on the number and getting smaller but the more muscle density you have the faster your metabolism and the more strength you have the better you feel so you can actually focus on getting heavier as long as you're doing weight training and eating correctly and that will just shift your whole mindset around how you're fueling your body instead of living in a restrictive way all the time number nine is being scared of fats or going a tiny bit over your macros Fats are so important for so many of our body's functions, our brain function and our focus, our hormones. It's just like such a core nutrient that we should be eating enough of, like in the terms of nuts and seeds. Um, avocados are healthy fat, olives are a healthy fat. I do still eat salmon about twice a month when I get my time of month as well. So that is just something that I've still craved even after going plant-based six years ago. So having fatty fish, if that is something you eat or if you're vegan, just making sure you're having the right supplements and really stacking up on the nuts and seeds. I love adding pumpkin seeds, sunflower seeds or pine nuts and stuff to my cooking, even peanuts or cashews for a bit of added crunch. You can snack on a couple of Brazil nuts throughout the day or put them in your smoothie. Fat is the most calorie dense macro, so that's why people often cut it, especially in grueling dieting phases. But then when we don't have enough of it, that wreaks havoc on our hormones and our energy and our focus. So we can end up being quite out of whack and it can make you worse off from over restricting it too much. So just remember that it is really important for us and it benefits our skin, our hair, our nails, just so many things. So don't be scared of fat. It does not make you fat. It's your overall cal calorie expenditure and habits for the day. Number 10 is being scared of carbs. I used to think as well back in the day that if something was a white carb that it was bad, like potato, I'd always try get like pumpkin or sweet potato or yeah, having bread, I'd always try, I think I sometimes had gluten-free bread, but I would get like a seed loaf or something. So both do actually have a time and place and I actually feel better now I literally stack up stack up on potato all the time it's a massive staple in my weekly dinners I always do it in the air fryer or just eat potato chips or make potato salad or any kind of thing I can get potato in I usually do and I just love it all crispy it's just like the best thing to eat at night Carbs at night also help you sleep. This is because it increases a hormone called tryptophan, which is linked to your melatonin and serotonin. So by having carbs at night time, it helps you have a more restful sleep and fall asleep faster. So little hint, 
like everyone thinks oh no i can't have any carbs after 6 p.m because you'll get fat no it's actually going to help you sleep which will help you lose weight because <laughs> you'll be well rested and not having cravings and your body would have fully recovered throughout the night so there's so many factors to consider and with simple versus comp complex carbs so complex carbs take longer to break down so that could be something like beans and legumes or whole grains or starchy veggies as well oats so it gives you longer sustained energy so especially if you're having a work day or something you don't want to have a massive crash and then run out of energy and have all these highs and lows but simple carbs like just white bread or I see heaps of the bodybuilders just having those English muffins before a gym session or something because that gives you fast acting energy. So carbs are our body's primary fuel source and they turn into glucose once digested. So by cutting them out and say when people go keto and then try to go to the gym, you're literally changing how your body accesses fuel by nature, like by what it naturally does how we're born to use the food that we eat. It's got to tap into a different source. So you can just eat carbs and have a mad gym session and smash your leg day and put on muscle instead of just going the long way around. So <laughs> I'm a big advocate for that. Also, plant-based diets are naturally higher in carbs usually as well. And people naturally manage a slimmer weight than people who eat like a standard diet. Number 11 is not being consistent with diet and training. This is all it comes down to. And I know it's easy when like you just say, oh, I'm too tired to go to the gym today. I didn't gym today either, but I'm getting my time of month. And this is for another episode, but I'm really big on knowing when to push and when to rest. So when you know it's actually a day you need to rest, maybe you just want to do a light walk or do a little bit of yoga in your lounge or something. Like we don't need to be smashing it seven days a week and I've seen some really good videos online about actually working with your womanly cycle instead of training like a man because that's another thing I believe in with nutrition as well so when people get given a meal plan and you're meant to eat the exact same amount of calories every single day or some people do cycling but we just we have a monthly cycle like a 28 day cycle not 24 hour so if you're telling a woman to eat the same amount in different stages of her phase when it's coming up to my time of month I'm actually not even hungry I'll just eat really small meals barely snack just have like really small things because I just don't even have the appetite and that's when we want to conserve energy and go inwards and take care of ourselves and tap into that feminine energy but at other times of the month, that's when we want to push, we want to be fueling up, eating as much as you can to like actually reap the benefits of your training sessions, get in all your nutrients and actually strive for those PBs at the gym. So being consistent isn't about being 100% all the time. Yeah, I would say it's about knowing when to push and when to rest. So even ideally, I probably go to the gym about four days a week. So I do two lower body, a chest and shoulders day and a back day. And that is really manageable. I walk the dog every second day about an hour. If it's less than that, I might do. Like if it's around the block for half an hour, I might do both days in a row. But if it's a long walk, like around a lake or a big hike, 
I'll probably take the next day off. And I think that's just really manageable. So being consistent doesn't have to be being hard out all the time so that you actually fall off track. Then you feel more stressed for being off track, that it's hard to get back into it and maintain when you've got work and family and other life commitments kind of thing. So figure out something that you can stick to in the long run that is manageable, that doesn't completely overwhelm you, that feels good, and do your best to tick off those daily habits and create a week of activities that will benefit your health from the inside out. Number 12 is being scared of lifting weights or not getting out of your comfort zone. I saw this funny video this morning from a man laughing at people who say lifting weights makes you bulky and you actually have to gym for years and be eating correctly with enough protein and be doing progressive overload and be going in with a training plan and have everything all laid out and be progressing in certain areas to even build muscle, especially as a woman. I think I, not that I have it easy, but I have like a good undertone of muscle because I did so much sport growing up. I started ballet when I was five. I did four different types of dance. I did rugby, netball, one term of, term of gymnastics, um, lots of different things. Oh, and athletics. I was a 100 meter sprinter as well. So when I started weights, my body was used to doing some kind of sport. So it's just learning the moves. I didn't even do deadlifts or hip thrusts until about one or two years ago because I didn't know how to set up the bar and I didn't know how to have the right form or anything like that. I used to just do kettlebell circuits and didn't go in with a training plan or anything. So even my training has only been serious for maybe two or three years and I'm getting to a good place now, but it has to be upkept for you to even keep the muscle. Otherwise, I just start losing weight if I'm not eating properly or eating enough calories as well. So <laughs> women thinking that if they go into the, I always call it the man section to pick up a dumbbell, that you're just going to suddenly be like a huge female bodybuilder that's been on a bunch of steroids that has just like got a massive physique. Like, that doesn't happen to the average person. <laughs> People have to work so hard to even get the physique that they want and muscle definition that they want. So get in there, push yourself, lift heavy, and it's better to be effective than, than to lift as heavy as you can. So even I'm going through a thing of like making sure I'm even activating my glutes because my quads often take over, my back often takes over. So those just keep growing and growing, but I need to work on glute activation. So there's so many things within fitness that are not even related to lifting heavier that can still help you achieve a better workout, working on the tempo of your exercises and just your whole exercise execution as well. So don't be scared of lifting weights. And if people think that muscular women are manly and not feminine, then it's whatever you think you want to look like is hot. When I see those bodybuilders on stage with WBFF, I am just in awe. Like, to me, it's beautiful because it creates shape. These women are powerful. They're fierce. They're strutting their stuff. Like, it literally gives me goosebumps. I think that is hot. So, and they obviously do too because they put in the work to build the muscle. So, it's all in the eye of the beholder. Number 13, eating the same meals and ingredients on repeat. No, you should not be having chicken, broccoli, rice every week for the whole week. There are other carbs. This is honestly ridiculous. <laughs> Instead of rice, 
Sometimes switch it out for a starchy veggie, maybe switch it out for some quinoa, maybe switch it out for some beans or legumes, maybe switch it out for some chickpea pasta. There's so many other foods. And instead of chicken, like if you do eat meat, there's other kinds that you can switch it out for as well. Or honestly, just try different types of protein. Like I really like the seitan chicken. I buy the get planted one and that's really easy to do in the pan. The next week I might, well, the next meal prep, switch it out for some veggie sausage. Then I might switch it out for the roast duck or something that's also seitan based, but slightly different flavor. Then I might switch it out for a different brand that has a different makeup of ingredients. So I do enjoy mock meat quite regularly. Next thing you might want to switch it out for mince where I would have veggie mince kind of thing. Like there's so many foods out there and with vegetables eating different colors. So carrots are going to give you different benefits to say purple cabbage and then asparagus and spinach and kale and other greens. And then what about eggplant or pumpkin? Everything has different ingredients for our body. So and also the more plants that you eat, you'll have a wider diversity of gut microbiome, which affects your immunity and your mood and all things related to your body. So don't just eat chicken, broccoli, rice every day. I saw a meal plan that one of my friends got a while ago and he was like, oh, could you just have a look over this and make sure it's okay? It probably could have come to you, but he ended up going to someone else. Literally got the first day of food, I was reading through it, went to scroll to the next day and it's the same thing. So he just got one day of food to eat on repeat for what, months? <laughs> Number 14 is thinking processed jelly and mousse and things like that are healthy. So you do see these ones, there is a collagen one or there's just other low calorie jellies that you can buy, which people often have during peak week. But they're just full of sweetener and it's not really a health food still. And you can buy all these other alternative things like, oh, low protein, uh, low calorie, high protein, blah, blah, blah. A lot of these packaged foods have a lot of additives. They'll have added oils. And I just notice a lot with the sweetener, I think I'm quite sensitive to it. So some of the drinks you can even buy and stuff, I just feel so sick after. Like I need to eat straight away to absorb the acidity in my stomach. And I notice when I have too much artificial sweetener, you can just feel it, like it's not a natural thing. So those things can be included in your diet here and there if you want or for a specific purpose, like if you're in peak week and you're just trying to do anything you can to meet the dietary requirements. But those things shouldn't be eaten thinking that they're healthy on like a long-term or regular basis. And number 15, which is controversial, but something that I always like to preach, continuing a vegan diet if it's not right for you. I see quite a lot of people post in vegan groups, and yes, good on them for giving it a go. And it is a highly ethical diet, so people want to do it forever because of the animal welfare and the environment, and they want to do their part in the world. But when someone has a bean and legume allergy and a soy allergy and a wheat allergy and a nut allergy, that is like what the whole diet is made up of. Seitan, which is a common protein staple in my diet, is gluten wheat flour. And even though I went basically gluten free in other areas, I can still digest this one for some reason and still feels fine. But then we often eat like 
cashew nut butters or things like that or I've got a cashew parmesan and you won't be able to add nuts to your food what was the other thing I said beans and legumes like I don't know what there is left over after you take out those things and if it's just one thing or two things it can be worked around but I've literally seen people trying to do it when they are allergic to literally all four things and I don't believe in the fruitarian diet I've seen TikTok videos on that and they're eating like 15 mangoes for their lunch that is so out of balance imagine the sugar right no <laughs> just no so if you have specific conditions or requirements that means your food sources are going to be extremely limited then maybe a pescatarian or mediterranean type style would be better we kind of do it as much as you can but you can lean on other sources of protein or carbs or other ingredients where needed and like fill in the blanks with those so I do 100% believe that it is sustainable long term and the right people definitely do it but lots of people obviously end up quitting and it could be because they go too hard and then their body isn't feeling right and they don't look into what they're not supplementing correctly or what dietary changes need to be made and ingredient swaps need to be made and then they quit and then they go completely in the other direction. So it's important to monitor, get eight to 12 month checkups of your nutrients just to make sure you're having the right supplements and make sure you're on the right track and just as a preventive measure as well. But just really think about it. If you aren't feeling good, think about why that could be. And for most people, it usually just comes down to diet choices. When I'm not feeling good, I'm just not eating enough protein and veggies and I'm eating too many white carbs or like processed food or chuck in the air fryer. So that's my own fault. It's not the vegan diet. That's the user for not being proactive. So there's lots of things and points of view that can go into that but only stay doing it 100% long term if it is right for you and if you can stick to it and nourish your body to the best of your ability and correctly <laughs> so that is a wrap for today if you are interested in working with me on your nutrition you can head to the link below and I'll put the sign up forms there where you can book a call or apply to work with me for eight weeks I do specialize in bloating and digestion but also reaching your ideal physique with muscle building and fat loss because I do have the unique aspect of bodybuilding as well so many people get told by their PTs oh you're going to struggle to build muscle if you're on a vegan diet your gym gains are going to go out the window and they don't know how to help them and that's because the PTs don't specialize in plant-based nutrition for athletes so if you need help head to the link below otherwise don't forget you can connect with me on social media and subscribe because I've got so many more exciting episodes coming out and stay tuned for next week thank you so much for tuning in have a wonderful rest of your day